Section 2 of Oscar Wilde from Purgatory by Hester Travers Smith. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Part 1 of Chapter 1 The Psychic Messages and Automatic Writings of Oscar Wilde. Automatic script obtained on June 8, 1923. Sitters, Mrs. Travers Smith and Mr. V. Lily my little lily no the lily was mine a crystal thread a silver reed that made music in the morning who are you pity oscar wilde one who in the world was a king of life bound to ixion's wheel of thought i must complete forever the circle of my experience long ago i wrote that there was twilight in my cell and twilight in my heart but this is the last twilight of the soul in eternal twilight i move but i know that in the world there is day and night seed-time and harvest and red sunset must follow apple-green dawn Every year spring throws her green veil over the world, and anon the red autumn glory comes to mock the yellow moon. Already the May is creeping like a white mist over lane and hedgerow, and year after year the hawthorn bears blood-red fruit after the white death of its May. Mrs. T.S. Are you Oscar Wilde? Yes, Oscar Wilde. Mrs. T.S. Tell me the name of the house you lived in in Dublin. Tell me where your father used to practice. Near Dublin. My father was a surgeon. These names are difficult to recall. Not at all difficult if you are really Oscar Wilde. I used to live near here tight street there is a tight street near here and he has spelt it correctly i don't know where he lived in london did you know about it mr v the writer of the script i have never been in chelsea before to-day and to the best of my knowledge i have never heard of tight street well oscar wilde what was your brother's name william Willie. Now, what did your mother, Lady Wilde, call herself? Speranza. Pity Oscar Wilde. Why have you come here? To let the world know that Oscar Wilde is not dead. His thoughts live on in the hearts of all those who in a gross age can hear the flute voice of beauty calling on the hills, or mark where her white feet brush the dew from the cowslips in the morning. Now the mere memory of the beauty of the world is an exquisite pain. I was always one of those for whom the visible world existed. I worshipped at the shrine of things seen. There was not a blood stripe on a tulip, or a curve on a shell, or a tone on the sea, that but had for me its meaning and its mystery and its appeal to the imagination. Others might sip the pale lees of the cup of thought, but for me the red wine of life. Pity Oscar Wilde. To think of what is going on in the world is terrible for me. Soon the chestnuts will light their white candles, and the foxgloves flaunt their dappled, drooping bells. Soon the full moon will swim up over the edge of the world, and hang like a great golden cheese. Stop, 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 stop! This image is insufferable. You write like a successful grocer who from selling pork has taken to writing poetry. Who said that? Oscar, I find the words in my medium's mind. Try again. Like a great golden pumpkin 
hanging in the blue night. That is better, but it is a little rustic. Still, I adore rustic people. They are at least near to nature, and, besides, they remind me of all the simple pleasures I somehow missed in life. Here Mrs. T.S. made some remark about Lady Wilde being a half-crazy old woman who thought she could write poetry. "'Please do not insult my mother. I loved and honoured her.' Mrs. T.S. "'We are not insulting her. Spell out the name by which your mother called herself.' Speranza. "'Yes, it is quite true what I said. I lived for the beauty of visible things. The rose flushed, anemones that star the dark woodland ways, those loveliest tears that Venus shed for Adonis, and shed in vain, were more to me than many philosophies. Mr. V. wrote with Mrs. T.S.'s hand resting on his. When she took her hand off, the pencil only tapped and did not continue. The italics have been inserted in the above copy to indicate quotations similar in style which were afterwards discovered in Wilde's works. Mr. V. is a mathematical scholar and had no special interest in Oscar Wilde. He stated he had read The Ballad of Reading Jail, De Profundis, and The Picture of Dorian Gray. Copy of Automatic Script Obtained Monday, June 18th, 1923. Present, Mr. V, Mrs. Travers Smith, Mr. B, Mr. Dingwall, Research Officer of the Society for Psychical Research, Miss Cummins. Mr. V was the automatist, Mrs. T.S. touching his hand. Oscar Wilde. Being dead is the most boring experience in life. That is, if one accepts being married or dining with a schoolmaster. Do you doubt my identity? I am not surprised, since sometimes I doubt it myself. I might retaliate by doubting yours. I have always admired the Society for Psychical Research. They are the most magnificent doubters in the world. They are never happy until they have explained away their spectres. And one suspects a genuine ghost would make them exquisitely uncomfortable. I have sometimes thought of founding an academy of celestial doubters, which might be a sort of society for psychical research among the living. No one under sixty would be admitted, and we should call ourselves the Society of Superannuated Shades. Our first object might well be to insist on investigating at once into the reality of the existence of, say, Mr. Dingwall. Mr. Dingwall, is he romance or reality? Is he fact or fiction? If it should be decided that he is fact, then, of course, we should strenuously doubt it. Fortunately, there are no facts over here. On earth we could scarcely escape them. Their dead carcasses were strewn everywhere on the rose path of life. One could not pick up a newspaper without learning something useful. In it were some sordid statistics of crime, or disgusting detail relating to the consumption of pork, that met the eyes. Or we were told with a precision that was perfectly appalling and totally unnecessary what time the moon had decided to be jealous and eclipse the sun. Mrs. T.S. Shall we ask him some questions? Don't degrade me into giving you facts. Inquire about Mrs. Chan Toon. I had the honour of her acquaintance some years ago. Mr. B. told a story of Whistler and Wilde. Wilde had expressed a wish to have made a certain witty remark, which had just been uttered by Whistler. Whistler retorted, You will, Wilde, you will in time. The pencil suddenly moved and wrote, 
with james vulgarity always begins at home record of a communication received at the ouija board june seventeenth nineteen twenty three at eleven thirty p m recorded by miss cummins the medium was mrs travers smith oscar wilde i have come as you asked for me i am naturally an interesting person not only do i flaunt the colours of literature but i have the lurid flame of crime attached to me also my dear lady do you realise that you are talking to a social leper yes we do i do not wish to burden you with details of my life which was like a candle that had gutted at the end i rather wish to make you believe that i was the medium through which beauty filtered and was distilled like the essence of a rose forget my history dear lady and think of my best powers as they were when london was the haunted house of the oscar is speaking again the haunted house which was peopled by the shades of olympus i think you may reasonably believe you are a living being and i a chimera of your mind but let me explain that to me you are a mere chimera and in reality you are less alive than i am for i am still a living soul and mind and i have as great a feeling for beauty as i had when i wore a top hat and let my hair stream from beneath it tell us about mrs chantoon i will not tell you anything about her for i want you to make inquiries about the lady she was a perfect specimen fit for the satin lining of a jewel case and if she is still alive she could tell you much that would throw a light on my life as she knew it it was not the life of a rustic but it had something of the rustic element in it and i can confidently say i had in my heart the innocent joy of a rustic who has never seen the stones of this great prison-house where if a man is unfortunate he is despised and thrown out upon his own mental chance of regeneration mine was not a very lucky one my chance as it was when i left that quiet and monastical retreat where justice made me repose and take my pleasures sadly here wilde was interrupted with the query who did you communicate through at the sitting for automatic writing this afternoon through mr v or through mrs travers smith through you dear lady he is a tool you are the light that lets me peep again into the world which seems so dazzling now that the divine justice finds it his pleasure to keep me in dim twilight did you know mr w b yeats i knew yeats very well a fantastical mind but so full of inflated joy in himself that his little cruise of poetry was emptied early in his career what of his work a little drop of beauty that was spread only with infinite pains over the span of many years he will not be interested to know that i have still the voice to speak and the mind to put my thoughts on paper he is too full of his own literary salvation to worry over a brother in art who fell from too much beauty or rather the desire for beauty mrs t s give us the proof of your identity do not ask me for proofs i do not wish to visualise my medium as an old spinster nosing into the other world in the hope that she may find salvation for herself when providence removes her from this sphere i rather like to think of her as a creature who has a certain feeling for those who strive from twilight to reach the upper air we admire your work i am infinitely amused by the remarks you all make 
you seem to think that i am gratified by your approval and your smiles which mean that in spite of all his crime he had a certain value for us i have value as each and all of you have and i am none the worse for having drunk the dregs as well as the best of the vintage here we are in the most amusing position we are like so many ants that creep round and round and do our silly tasks daily without any interest in our work i feel like a very ancient aunt nowadays i am doing what is little better than picking oakum in jail there after all my mind could detach itself from my body here i have no body to leave off so one of my most interesting occupations is impossible it is not by any means agreeable to be a mere mind without a body that was a very decorous garment that made us seem very attractive to each other or perhaps supremely the opposite over here that amusement is quite out of the question and we know far too much about the interiors of each other's ideas they grow very pale in this process and one tires of one's ideas so easily you can see them just as you saw the slightly creased and dabbled clothes of your friends on earth have you seen your mother yes i have seen her she has not really improved in the process of dying she is less comely now than when speranza used to lead the intelligentsia in dublin in those days when we had stiff the relics of civilization among us will you come again i will come again gladly if you will let me buzz on as an autumn bee might who was tired of hunting for fresh blossoms out of season i am tired too but i like to remind myself now and then of the fact that there are people who regard this little globe as the whole of what is reality copy of automatic script written on july second nineteen twenty three the writer was mr v who was assisted by mrs travis smith touching his hand present miss cummins note a portion of this script deals with the novels of arnold bennett h g wells and eden philpotts neither mrs travers smith nor mr v are great novel readers they had each read one novel by arnold bennett three or four of h g wells's earlier novels they had not read anything whatever by eden philpotts oscar wilde like blind homer i am a wanderer over the whole world have i wandered looking for eyes by which i might see at times it is given me to pierce this strange veil of darkness and through eyes from which my secret must be forever hidden gaze once more on the gracious day i have found sight in the most curious places through the eyes out of the dusky face of a tamil girl i have looked on the tea-fields of ceylon and through the eyes of a wandering curd i have seen ararat and the azides who worship both god and satan and who love only snakes and peacocks once on a pleasure steamer on its way to st cloud i saw the green waters of the seine and the lights of paris through the vision of a little girl who clung weeping to her mother and wondered why ah those precious moments of sight they are the stars of my night the gleaming jewels in my casket of darkness the priceless guerdon for whose sake i would willingly barter all that fame has brought me the nectar for which my soul thirsts eyes ay what can it profit a man if he loses them or what can a man give in exchange for them they are fairer than silver better than seed-pearls or many-hued opals fine gold may not buy them neither can they be had for the wishes of kings a pause to rest the mediums it may surprise you to learn that in this way 
i have dipped into the works of some of your modern novelists that is i have not drawn the whole brew but tasted the vintage you have much to learn time will ruthlessly prune mr wells fig trees as for mr arnold bennett he is the assiduous apprentice to literature who has conjured so long with a wand of his master flaubert that he has really succeeded in persuading himself and others that he has learnt the trick but flaubert's secret is far from him of his characters one may say that they never say a cultured thing and never do an extraordinary one they are of course perfectly true to life as true as a bad picture they are perfectly commonplace and for the clay hangers the lessways and the tellwrights oblivion will have a plentiful mead of poppy mr bennett has undertaken a grave irresponsibility by adding to the number of disagreeable types in the world of late we understand he has taken to producing prostitutes it is pleasanter to turn to mr eden philpotts who unlike mr bennett on whose sterile pages no flowers bloom or birds sing has a real and unaffected love of nature and unfortunately all nature's lack of variety he is a writer who has been very faithful far too faithful to his first love one wishes that spring would sometimes forget to come to dartmoor the following communication came through mrs travers smith's hand at the ouija board july second nineteen twenty three at eleven p m recorded by miss cummins oscar wilde i have no very special desire to give my thoughts from this place of dimness to you who are breathing the upper air but if it gives you pleasure to speak to one who is in a manner soiled in the eyes of the world i will continue to talk to you and to spin my webs of thought around you as you know i have only dimness around me it is that darkness which is reserved for those who are the prey of social conventions which has cast me into a state which is not beneficial for me from the point of development of mind my mind is now a rusty lock into which the key grates with a rasp it does not move easily and lightly as it used i will go on and tell you how i have wandered into the minds of the moderns as you are pleased to call them it is a rather entertaining process i watch for my opportunity and when the propitious moment comes i leap into their minds and gather rapidly these impressions which are largely collective i spoke to-day of mr bennett and mr wells these two writers have somehow managed to attain a summit which has deceived themselves they actually believe they are fit for the company of the gods who drink the nectar of pure mind and here they are utterly lost neither of these gentlemen can do more than prepare a ready-made costume for the lay figure they cannot create and even when the lay figure is nailed together they cannot clothe it i feel the london of my time has been swallowed up an article of a coarser quality is now in its place the women of my time were beautiful from the outward side at least they had a mellifluous flow of language and they added much to the brilliant pattern of society now woman is an excrescence she protrudes from social life as a wart does from the nose of an inebriate do you see women i see them now and then dear lady when i have the chance of using the eyes of a suitable medium do you see this room yes a little dimly do you see me yes i can see you quite clearly how do you manage when mr v and i sit together i can control his hand i can only control your mind your hand is guided by your mind 
what is your opinion of bernard shaw shaw after all might be called a contemporary of mine we had almost reached the point of rivalry in a sense when i was taken from the scene of action i had a kindly feeling towards poor shaw he had such a keen desire to be original that it moved my pity then he was without any sense of beauty or even a sense of the dramatic side of life and totally without any idea of the outside of any human being as he was utterly ignorant of his internal organs and yet there was the passionate yearning to be a personage to force his person on the london world and to press in in spite of the better taste of those who went before him i have a very great respect for his work after all he is my fellow-countryman we share the same misfortune in that matter i think he may be called the true type of the pleb he is so anxious to prove himself honest and outspoken that he utters a great deal more than he is able to think he cannot analyse he is merely trying to overturn the furniture and laughs with delight when he sees the canvas bottoms of the chairs he has flung over he is ever ready to call upon his audience to admire his work and his audience admires it from sheer sympathy with his delight whom do you admire among the moderns i am not given to admiration i fear but if you ask me sincerely whom i admire among the modern dramatists i think there is only one who has any approach to form and a sense of drama i feel that if i give you the name of this writer you will think that i praise his work chiefly as shaw might with a desire to be original but i assure you the only mind i have entered into which appeals to my literary sense is john galsworthy he is my successor in a sense for although he dives more deeply into the interior of the human being he is ever occupied with the exterior which is so important in the play of society and he succeeds with this very difficult medium in producing something akin to life with all the artificiality which is so essential to the stage he is the aristocrat in literature the man who takes joy in selection as our poor friend shaw never did shaw plunges in and seizes the first object his hand can grasp and takes a wholesome joy in ripping it to pieces galsworthy is slow in his selection but when he selects he does so from an exquisite sense of fitness and he presents the common pattern of his idea it gives me pleasure to dive a little into the present time it is a form of amusement over here the following communication came through mrs travers smith's hand at the ouija board july fourth nineteen twenty three recorded by miss cummins oscar wilde is here i shall readily speak to you because it seems to me that these glimpses of the sun keep me from growing too mouldy here below hamlet speaks of his father's ghost as old mole i often used to smile in my unregenerate days at the clumsy way in which the englishman for surely our shakespeare was nothing if not english the clumsy way in which he addressed the shade of his father used to wound my feelings of delicacy and selection but now that i am a mole myself i understand i fully appreciate this expression it was well chosen and should be of interest to the society for psychical research as it displays an inward knowledge of the state over here so far i cannot be said to have found the afterlife a state of bliss rather it is the dimming of the senses and the stultifying of the brain from lack of light and colour but doubtless the almighty has an excellent purpose in stamping out as far as possible that taste for his creations which worked so deeply to my detriment i am a little astray as to what special subjects are of interest to you we are interested in drama 
if you tempt me to speak of drama i shall weary you with my complaints and my fancies i had a different thought from my fellows where my plays were shaped and consequently i cannot absorb their attitude towards the stage my dear lady how do you approach the theatre from what side of your nature does it repel or attract you have you ever considered whether our task should be to aim at representing life in its rather crude and disgusting shape or whether the stage like the other platforms from which we endeavour to bring home the essence of things to the herd should be reserved for the exposition of beauty in some form do you ask for my opinion oscar is still here i do not intend to listen to your modern criticism because you have the misfortune to live in an age of harshness in my lifetime i strove to bring beauty home to the hearts of men but in your time the main endeavour of the so-called artist is to torture the senses pain is the only quality which is essential to any literary work of the present day which is to find its way into the favour of the pleb who rules the world at the present hour tell me about your plays my idea in writing a play was to weave a pattern of humanity as i mentioned to you before i think i am quite sensible of the fact that i sound superficial and you may argue if you wish that the poet who is an artist in weaving patterns from words cannot approach the problem of weaving patterns from the human material at his disposal i have never swerved from my ideal i have served the theatre in my own way and from my own standpoint i succeeded tell us about your earth life i have delayed a little i feel it an effort now to lay my past feelings before your eyes they are past after all and in our state it is difficult to look into the abyss that ties behind us i find it easier to speak of the present time for two reasons one that you my dear lady are more useful to me when i speak of what you are familiar with and the other that i enjoy my glimpses into the present chaotic conditions it affords me great happiness when i reflect that i escaped this age of rasp mrs travers smith at the ouija board june twentieth nineteen twenty three recorded by miss cummins johannes will you summon oscar wilde he is unpleasant you may speak to him but not often or much oscar wilde is speaking yes i will give you a few minutes light that allows me to look through the peephole it quite amuses me in a desultory way it is not strictly an intellectual occupation but it is a mild distraction from the twilight of my present state which is somewhat the condition that is suitable for the propagation of a low form of vegetable existence mrs t s i have sent your communications to mr yates he will not be gratified by finding me still extant unless it affords him some proof that he will continue to inflate in a further state his ecstatic penetration of the universe what about your literary work i do not get much literary stimulus over here i am rather in the condition of coma of the mind that used to overcome me when the great massed-up population of london oppressed my being the shades here are really too tumultuous they are overcrowded and we get confused by seeing into each other's thoughts i wish you would just take me as i come i crawl into your mind like a sick worm and try to bore a hole above the earth so that i may once more look at the sun why do you speak to me i like to speak to you because you remind me of the time when i too was a creature hampered by that garment you call a body i really do not miss it much 
because there is a joy in that nakedness which leaves all the thoughts and ideas of the mind whether foul or fair open to the public gaze i feel now as if the extreme reticence of wearing a body was almost indecent it is far more decent to go about blaring one's loves and hates blowing them in the faces of those we meet as it were being so much on the outside that we cannot be said to have an inside my dear lady what will it be for you to lose your little shape to have no shape to be a fluid and merely stream about in such an undecided way that it is like drifting before a heavy tide my mind is not really as repulsive as you would expect it looks quite respectable at times of course there are times when it looks like an ancient thief who steals away from me with shame in his face that is only one aspect of me i have other attractive ones there is the brilliant orange of my thoughts and the deep rose-red of my desires which cling to me still they are perfumed and smell sweet to me but there is somehow a sense that they are getting a little stale this condition of twilight is bringing out a delicate mossy mould upon them which rather damages their hue here the sitting was interrupted the following communication came through mrs travers smith's hand at the ouija board june twenty fourth nineteen twenty three recorded by miss cummins oscar wilde is speaking i have come as if i were a servant-maid who replied to her mistress's bell with great assiduity i am glad to have a little of the upper air to breathe now and then and you dear lady have given me an opportunity i see you have made up your mind that i am not a reasonable shade that i am a capricious ghost who merely behaves as if he had no reason to guide his mind which now without a body to act as pilot strays about fluidly in space but my dear lady you are mistaken my mind is quite clear i am in excellent condition for exploiting the english language if only you give me a theme to weave patterns on tell us about your time at trinity college dublin i almost forget that time when i was chained within the walls of the university i was like a carrier pigeon who had flown by mistake into a nest of sparrows these dublin students could see such a short distance i was a giant among pygmies we are great admirers of your plays i bend deeply to your compliment my plays were scarcely drama they were more the weaving of character into pattern and this with the use of language which i chose in each instance to illustrate the surface of the human being i did not propose to go deeply into the heart as it is called that organ which is so frequently maligned did not interest me i was more intrigued by the human pattern as it appeared on the surface of london society it seemed to me we used to get more from each other by accepting the outside than by probing into the intestines the outside of this great machine was at that date comely and presented to the eye a picture which had the charm of much shade and little light it was a time when beauty was spoken of but kept in the innermost chamber and not permitted to walk abroad i feel inclined to relate little tales to-day of my adventures on the surface of society here i may not be as full of grace if you call me another time i should rather like to give you some idea of what it meant to plunge into this huge heap of philistinism i felt like a goldfish who has choked from devouring too much bread the meal did not nourish me it merely distended my stomach it seemed a foolish thing to go on living in such a world as this was and i found i had a mission the mission of drawing aside the veil from beauty and showing her in her nakedness to the world 
i had all the ardour of a missionary and my own rather unusual appearance gave me the suitable garb of a parson the priest of art of culture must of necessity show it in his own form the following communication came through mrs travers smith's hand at the ouija board july fifth nineteen twenty three recorded by miss cummins it was with difficulty the recorder kept pace with the message oscar wilde i have a question to ask your question shall have my best attention if it savours of what concerns yourself if it concerns me i reserve the right to be silent if necessary why did you select me as your medium that my dear lady is not easy to explain i have told you how i gazed through the eyes of many nations that i might gain once more a look into the glory of the world i had often fancied conveying my thoughts from this place of darkness to some one who had a fitting understanding of a mind such as mine is fantastical and pained by a desire to express beauty in words i tried many times to secure a vial for my ideas which could contain them in an essence as it were but until the day when i seized the pencil from some unnoticeable being who seemed to make an effort to press through the brain of the tool never before have i found the exact quality i needed if i am to speak again as i used or to use the pen i must have a clear brain to work with it must let my thoughts flow through as fine sand might if filtered through a glass cylinder it must be clear and there must be material which i can make use of i can use the hand of the tool and leave an impress of my writing as i used but his brain does not serve me i cannot use it for ideas would stick there as flies do in a cloyed mass mrs travers smith at the ouija board july sixth nineteen twenty three eleven forty five p m recorded by miss cummins this communication came through with the same rapidity as the previous message oscar wilde i will try to let my thoughts fly through your brain i was tired when i spoke to you last i found you less sensitive to my ideas than before but even when you are tired you are a perfect aeolian liar that can record me as i think a legend has sprung up concerning you it is believed by some that you did not die when you were supposed to have died men are ever interested my dear lady in the remains of those who have had the audacity to be distinguished and when added to this the corpse has the flavour of crime the carrion birds are eager to light on it in my case the corpse was taken from the humble place where it was cast off by my mental portion and conveyed to a retreat where it might decay quietly and in peace it had none of the gaudy obsequies which would have fitted such as i was and hence this legend which had a charm in spite of the fact that i had passed from the public gaze long before this dissolution took place it is really delightful to think that when one has striven and conquered london for i conquered london partly through my supposed crime it is delightful to think that after the carcass has been conveyed to its modest hole a legend is woven round its decaying particles you i am sure give me credit for the fact that i really accomplished the feat of dying when i was supposed to die i did not fly from the world a second time in order to create fiction this legend was merely an accident due to the fact that i was still talked about mrs t s took her hand off to rest her arm are you there oscar i waited for your returning strength as a footman might wait for his mistress standing with deferential pomp behind her 
that is very neat thank you dear lady i smile at your approval what is your opinion of ulysses by james joyce yes i have smeared my fingers with that vast work it has given me one exquisite moment of amusement i gathered that if i hoped to retain my reputation as an intelligent shade open to new ideas i must peruse this volume it is a singular matter that a countryman of mine should have produced this great bulk of filth you may smile at me for uttering thus when you reflect that in the eyes of the world i am a tainted creature but at least i had a sense of the values of things on the terrestrial globe here in ulysses i find a monster who cannot contain the monstrosities of his own brain the creatures he gives birth to leap from him in shapeless masses of hideousness as dragons might which in their foulsome birth contaminate their parent this book appeals to all my senses it gratifies the soil which is in every one of us it gives me the impression of having been written in a severe fit of nausea surely there is a nausea fever the physicians may not have diagnosed it but here we have the heated vomit continued through the countless pages of this work the author thought no doubt that he had given the world a series of ideas ideas which had sprung from out his body not his mind i who have passed into the twilight can see more clearly than this modern prophet i also know that if he feels his work has sprung from courage which is innate in him he should be led to realise that ulysses is merely involuntary i feel that if this work has caught a portion of the public who may take it for the truth that i even i who am a shade and i who have tasted the foulness of life and its mead of bitterness should cry aloud shame upon joyce shame on his work shame on his lying soul compare this monster joyce with our poor shore here we find very opposite poles for both these writers cry aloud that they have found the truth shore like a coy and timid maiden hides his enormous modesty with bluster joyce on the other hand is not a bluster at all in fact he has not vomited the whole even in this vast and monumental volume more will come from joyce for he has eaten rapidly and all the undigested food must come away i feel that joyce has much to give the world before in his old age he turns to virtue for by that time he will be tired of truth and turn to virtue as a last emetic you are most amusing i am glad that a poor ghost can bring laughter to your eyes i am interested in literature i quite appreciate that fact you have a sense of style and this helps me to put poor thoughts before you what do you think of hardy and meredith i adore the rustic as you know his simple mind appeals to mine and for that reason i should be interested in mr hardy's work but all that is in me of rusticity revolts against this realism that flaunts itself in hopeless wanderings among the fields of dorsetshire think for one moment and reflect that mr hardy's works are just the jottings down of a limited village experience with a primitive sense of romance added to it a very harmless writer hardy he almost succeeded in being a little risky now and then in that dull period when he wrote i well remember how his tess sent maiden hearts a-throbbing it was a tale which might attract the schoolgirl who imagined she had just arrived at puberty but as a work this book is shapeless and has neither value as an artificial rendering of rustic life 
nor as a minute study of the village. Mr. Hardy is indeed the middle-class provincial. He never dreamt he could arrive, and yet he had his day, partly because he tried to paint the peasant, who at this period was just about to peep above the horizon for the first time. We were quite interested to meet the peasant. We even found him rich for a short space, but soon his day had passed. For Mr. Hardy wearied us. We wearied of his peasants, and he had to fall back upon a class a little more elevated, but totally uninteresting. This, I feel, was the reason for his steady decay. What do you think of Meredith? I am, frankly, an admirer of Meredith. He, of course, was a man without any appreciation whatever of beauty, but he had a most ingenious way of platting words, so that his most ardent admirers could never extricate his thoughts from them. They clung about his ideas as barnacles on an old ship, and he was so completely clogged that his ideas escaped and only words were left. But, after all, what an immense achievement it is to plat the English language. I never attempted this experiment myself. My plan was to select my words, to cherish them, and move them from one corner of my room to another, until they each and all received their due. Meredith collected them and wove them so intricately that his intelligence was cramped by them, and no one ever penetrated their crustated masses. Note. About a year previous to this setting, Mrs. Travers Smith had glanced at a copy of Ulysses for a few minutes in Ireland. Out of seven hundred pages, she could not have read more than half a dozen, nor had she read reviews of this work, so she was not in a position to criticise it. She is a great admirer of Meredith, and believes him to have a fine sense of beauty. She therefore almost entirely disagreed with Wilde's caustic estimate of his work. End of section 2